Christy, I think we've finally done it. Well, in this case, our readers have done it. They found a fun DC crossover. They exist? They do. And after long hours of thinking, some experimentation, and a really complicated linear regression analysis, I know why. You know why the crossover exists? No, no, I know why it's good. It has particular factors that make it so appealing. It's frankly science. Science, eh? Okay, well, how about I try to guess this factor that you figured out? Be my guest. Okay, the DC fun factor is dimension hopping. Nah, that's not it. There's tons of awful DC crossovers with dimension stuff. Yeah, you're right. Many crises. How about Batman? I thought that at first, too, but we had to accept the null on that one. Batman is in some bad stuff. Okay, I think I finally have it. The DC fun factor is heroes fighting heroes. Christy. <laughs> nah, I was kidding. Now, while you've done all of your statistics and experimentation, I'm channeling my inner dramaturg powers. The answer is turtles and pizza. How, how did you... It's a gift. My goodness. Well, let's put that skill to use, Christy. Let's talk about comics. Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our first episode all about Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right, readers. It was the crossover chosen by you. Well, those of you that chose to go to Twitter.com and vote on our poll that was chosen by three of our Patreon supporters. The three choices were DC 1 million... Batman TMNT Volume 1 and the DC crossover Invasion with an exclamation point at the end. And this one won out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, it was a little close. DC 1 million and Batman TMNT were not quite neck and neck. Batman TMNT always kind of had a little bit of a lead. So if you want to be like our fabulous patrons, such as Chris Osborne, who nominated this crossover for us to cover, head on over to patreon.com slash Chris's pod and pledge your support. Yeah. And if you donate at a certain level, you can enter your crossover into the voting game. And if you donate at a higher level, you can absolutely positively guarantee we have to do it. Yeah. You can just tell us. Yep. And we, we got to do it. We got to do it. It's the law. It is the, it's the, it, it, so we know Patreon runs the government, and uh, they've legislated that you you have to do things in your Patreon. Mm-hmm. That's a comic idea. I I guess so. The uh, the fun, the fundraising uh, uh online economy runs the world. Ugh, sounds awful. Well, speaking of other fun per- perks of being a patron, uh, you get shouted out on the show as well. But we also shout out people who give reviews of the show that's true and we we happened to mention something last episode about how if you thought we should have more 
banter about non-comics related things that you could just drop that into a five-star review and we'd have to talk about it. And uh, it just so happened. It just so happened that Dan Grote took us up on that. So Dan Grote uh, went to iTunes and gave us this fabulous five-star review. Chris and Christy are the charmingest potters around. Come for the deep dives, stay for the cold open bits. Now, if only they'd talk more about what biscuit restaurants they've been to. Uh, well, we do have a couple of pretty decent biscuit restaurants here. There is a local chain in Kansas City called The Big Biscuit. And they're not lying. They're huge. The biscuits are huge. They're like they're like your hands put together as wide as they can go with your with your middle finger and thumbs touching. Yeah. Yeah. They're I mean, depending on the size of your hands. Chris sized hands. <laughs> uh-huh. So readers, just look into your podcasting app here. And imagine that you are seeing Chris's hands in a circle. <laughs> what's, a, what's another good thing that they would be about the size of? Um, hmm, like a, a bocce ball? Yeah, I'd say a bocce ball is about right. So these are Same. bocce ball <laughs> diameter biscuits. The gravy is pretty good, too. Although I'm so I'm so spoiled for gravy. Because anytime you make biscuits and gravy, the gravy is amazing. Well, thank you, sweetheart. I feel like I can never quite accomplish like the buttery flakiness of like a commercially made biscuit, but my gravy is pretty good. That's true. So, other biscuit restaurants. I don't uh, know if we have any other like Englewood biscuit specialty good biscuits. I'm not gonna lie to you, readers. Anytime we go out for breakfast, like I want like pancakes and french toast like it's very rare that i'm just like let's get down on a savory only breakfast it's true christy is a sweet breakfast fan oh that uh biscuits and gravy though on the brunch buffet that we go to at these oh yes we go to it like only for mother's day yeah (laughs) you get infinite mimosas (laughs) that's how you gotta do mother's day that's how you do it yeah they're really good Uh uh-huh uh, there's, it's a very sausagey gravy. <laughs> yeah, but I still think I prefer the fresh biscuits at home. Yeah, especially when you started to kind of put the frozen butter in to try to make layers. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, I got to keep man. that butter cold. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. Great in the frozen butter. Literally brought that to C two E two. You had made this like super dough, and we carried it with us across the state of Missouri and then on a train. I made and froze the dough at home, cut like pre-cut the biscuits and everything. So I just had these frozen biscuits that I took on a train across. Well, first we we got it, we put them in the car, drove three hours across the state. Then Then we got on a train for several hours and brought it to the Airbnb where our uh, podcasting roommates Zach from Xavier Files and Charlie from The Young Ones. Uh, got to have a, a B&G breakfast. That's I brought true. all the makings. <laughs> yep. Hey, we got to save on breakfast for one day in Chicago. I may be really socially awkward, but I will love to cook for you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you're only socially awkward when you're not hosting. Oh, I feel very comfortable like in my own space when I get to like cook for you and just make sure you're comfy and let Chris have a lot of conversation. With you. That's true. <laughs> Chris does a lot of talking. <laughs> I do a lot of bringing you food and making sure everybody's happy. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a good dynamic. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll still never forget the baby strapped to your chest with the tray of pina coladas for um, one of my birthdays. Yes. Yes, our one-month-old baby strapped to my chest as I made and catered and served pina coladas. And I don't think I've, I mean, I don't think I've ever been happier. (laughs) You're you're an interesting person. (laughs) Do you know how impressive I looked? Baby strapped to me carrying a tray of frozen drinks I just made. Uh, yeah. (laughs) It's pretty impressive. Readers, you might think, oh, that Chris is just a big lazy, lazy butt. A, it was my birthday, and B, you definitely (laughs) just did that all yourself. I did. I think I was carrying baby Chris a little bit later, but at that point, you're like, strap, strap, I got this. So, readers, if you wanted banter, I guess you got it. You got some banter. Otherwise, I think we probably need to get into this. We're only covering the first three issues. Oh, yes. We could have maybe swung all six, but we're actually going to savor the so fun. so fun. Yeah. So fun, readers. All right. Are you ready for the summary? Summary. Batman slash Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, numbers one through three. Written by James Tiny and the Fourth. Penciled and inked by Freddie E. Williams II, colored by Jeremy Caldwell, lettered by Tom Napolitano, edited by Jim Chadwick and David Pena. Number one. At the power industrial complex in Gotham City, mysterious ninjas and yet another group of mysterious ninjas who look monstrous fight over a generator. This information is relayed to Batman by one of the power industrial scientists, leaving Batman to search for answers. As this information is relayed over a television set in an alleyway, as a confused delivery man brings a pizza to an empty alley, four turtly figures wait in the sewer. Killer Croc and his crew are tracking the Batmobile, which makes its way to Wayne R&D, a likely target for another break-in. Croc, however, wants to strip the Batmobile for parts and makes his way through the sewer, stumbling upon a hideout. The evil ninjas break into Wayne R&D, only to find the scientists within our holograms. And what awaits them is... The Batman. Back at the hideout, we finally see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who fight off Killer Croc. Batman grabs one of the evil Foot Clan ninjas for interrogation, who barely manages... To mention turtles before the sinister Shredder arrives to kill his own subordinate before warning Batman to not interfere. The angry Raphael grumbles about having to find a new hideout, and the turtles and their master Splinter leave the sewers, only to find the Batmobile and Batman. Number two. In true crossover fashion, the turtles and Batman fight to a standstill before Master Splinter enters the fray, using a smoke bomb to cover the group's retreat. At a nearby internet cafe, the Turtles do some research on this world while trying to decide if Batman would make a good ally. Raphael is very much not in favor, while Leonardo is in awe of Batman's skills. 
Bruce meets with Lucius Fox to analyze a weapon that Batman took off the turtles as well as some of their blood. Lucius determines the materials are from another dimension, but also that the blood contains a mutagen, one which is rapidly deteriorating away from its home universe. Lucius mentions the work of Naveen Khan, a scientist who used to work for Wayne Enterprises and who has recently disappeared. He attempted to create a dimensional portal, but Wayne had other priorities. Lucius mentions that in addition to power sources, someone wanting to make this portal would need a resonance engine, like the one the ninjas tried to steal earlier. Bruce calls Alfred, who relays that the concept of the resonance engine had been licensed out to the U.S. government, and one had been stolen earlier. Bruce goes out to look for the turtles and the resonance engine, only for Master Splinter to sneak in and see that the mutagen that makes them who they are is rapidly deteriorating. Shredder has met with the Penguin, who previously took this resonance engine and is offering to sell to Shredder. Shredder, however, kills Penguin's men and takes the engine. To save his own life, Penguin offers to help Shredder in his goals. The turtles climb through caves under the city while Splinter explains the urgency of their situation. They come out of said caves into the Bat Cave. Number three. The Penguin talks with Shredder as the time to activate the portal has come. Shredder doesn't plan to leave forever, though, as he will leave the portal open to rule over his home city as well as Gotham. Foot Clan ninjas go to grab the kidnapped Dr. Khan, who warns against reckless use of the portal. Before Khan is dragged off, Batman gets the jump on the Foot Clan and rescues the Doctor. Shredder is ready to activate the machine, only for the Turtles to arrive and join forces with Batman. We zoom back to two hours earlier as Bruce discovers that the Turtles have infiltrated the Batcave. He is not thrilled and demands some answers, and we get some exposition. An enemy of both the Turtles and Shredder, Krang, teleported both foes away so he would have no opposition in their home dimension, leaving Shredder to kidnap Dr. Khan in order to get home. Splinter asks Batman for his help in getting them home. Obviously, Batman agrees because he's a good dude. Right on the verge of a Turtle-Batman victory, Shredder decides to activate a failsafe, blowing up both the portal and, unfortunately, also Dr. Khan. There is no chance of replicating the portal now. Shredder escapes aboard a helicopter, but not before heavily injuring Raphael. However, instead of his men, the helicopter is now occupied by the villain known as Ra's al Ghul. All right, Christy, what did you think of this uh, not-actually-DC comic crossover? (laughs) It is funny that you say that, because I loved it. Um, So it's my first crossover with DC characters. Yeah, this one was technically published by IDW, who own the license currently to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, so my first crossover with DC characters that I thought was super fun. Yeah. I, at this point, I've been mostly forcing you into uh, reading DC, I feel like. You know, I started off with real high hopes, and you just, you know, the the crises just kind of pound you into the ground a little bit. And the crises start coming, and they don't stop coming? And they don't stop coming. Somebody once told me the <laughs> 52 worlds were going to roll me. <laughs> oh, but it, I mean, it's just delightful uh you get like such fun lines from the tmnt characters which of course you should 
but I, I love a bit where I don't remember if it was Leo or Mikey who was like talking about encountering Batman and how he fights like a detective. <laughs> I feel like this was one of those where uh, it would be on the shelf and somebody who hasn't read comics in a while goes, what? And decides to pick it up. Yeah. Like if somebody asked me, like, what's a good comic I can put in my kids' hands? Real accessible. A lot this of one's fun. pretty bloody. I mean, yeah, Dr. Khan's head blows up. But like what nine-year-old isn't going to like. <laughs> that traumatized me. Oh, it did? <laughs> it was like a bloody stump where his head was. Yeah. Well, not a stump. There was I just don't nothing. know. I just feel like that level of violence, like kids see all the time. Gosh, you're like the you're like those parents who would buy their kids Grand Theft Auto when I worked at GameStop. And hey, I, and I'd have to hey. t- I'd have to tell them it was one panel with an exploded head. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, I would tell these parents all this stuff that was awful, and the moment I would get to sexual content, then that would be the big thing. That would just- <laughs> That's where they drew the line. That's where they drew the line. (laughs) You cannot see any nudity, but gunning people down is totally fine. (laughs) Mm, I guess, I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, you don't, like, it's not like we get a panel of an exploding head. It's just kind of like a a mass on the ground that if you look real hard at it. Right. So I guess that is, it was a little like, oh, this just got, this just got a little real. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like you. It's like a a teenager comic at at the. If you're being really like conservative, I guess with the with who you'd give this to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd give like our. I don't think this is a bedtime story I'd read to our four year old. True. 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 Yes, but like I don't know. I feel like it's it could still even be slightly younger than like what you'd think of as a middle grade reader book. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, even though it would be accessible to kids, it's not like it's a four, quote unquote, four kids book. Because, I mean, we really enjoyed it. Yeah. But we enjoy lots of all ages stuff. That's true. What is your history with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Because I feel like at this point in our lives, I know your history with Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I definitely feel like the turtles were around growing up like me as a kid. Like, I remember people in costumes as them as in halloween all the time and i remember like having seen the show but i was never like oh i'm really into the ninja turtles like i think i knew all their names but funnily enough like as an adult as a as a, as a theater teacher so in my career looking for great scripts for middle schoolers to perform i came across one that was actually like a teenage mutant ninja turtle script and i was like well I guess I've got to do my due diligence and learn about these turtles and Master Splinter and the Foot Clan and Shredder and like kids made full costumes and we acted it out like made like turtle shells out of like huge aluminum pans that we strapped to their backs. Like I had kids like make a I have I still have like this big twisted rat's tail for Master Splinter. <laughs> oh. Well, I watched the show that was on kind of when we were kids. Uh-huh. That was my first intro to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I could I'm sure I remembered as a kid, but maybe not. I feel like I've always had a lot of trouble telling them apart, mm. like or just remembering which name goes with which turtle. But I feel like I had no trouble jumping back into it when I got into this comic. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I also, Raphael's always mad. Yep. Leonardo's uh, the leader. Mikey's kind of goofy and fun. And Donatello's kind of the smart one. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, that's that's all you got to know. Although, I have to admit, uh, Colorist did a really great job. He gave them all slightly different green skin tones. Yeah. Which was cool. That really kind of gelled with their personality, too. Yeah. Also a fun fact, I always used to confuse the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song with the And I ran, I ran so far away song. Which doesn't make sense because the other one is Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, I even knew that. Yep. <laughs> They just sounded a lot alike to me. Uh, so it would come on the radio and I'd be like, they're playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song? <laughs> I was a strange child. <laughs> Weird things confused me. Um, I also have once been to Alamo Drafthouse to watch the movie. I, I did not see the movie when I was a kid. At least not that I can remember. So I went with our friends and they had unlimited pizza. Yes. And I they would keep going bringing it to you. We had so much fun. <laughs> I feel like at some point I did see the movie, like the live action one that's real kind of animatronic y. Unsettling. Yeah. It almost approaches the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. I kind of love the old movie, though. There's a bit where one of the turtles is on a roof when they're like, they, because it is very hero's journey e it is very much like a, it is a, it is an action movie from the 80s. And there's a bit where they, they have to leave the city. Uh, Shredder's or not Shredder's captured Splinter, I believe. Ugh. If I'm wrong. Well, anyway, they have to leave the city and they're kind of like training in like the pastoral countryside to sort of like regroup. But there's a bit where it's like raining outside and they're having like an emotional moment and one of the turtles is on the roof and he just goes, Shredder! <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, it, they're so fun. And how perfect is it putting it into. Batman. Yeah, I mean, they were invented as a parody of a bunch of comics that were out, two of which were by Frank Miller. Um, like, Daredevil was was one of them. Even, like, the Foot Clan is a joke on the ninjas from Marvel Comics called The Hand. Mm-hmm. The Foot Clan. I mean... <laughs> and it's all kind of played differently now. The original comics were very dark and bloody, but they were supposed to still still be kind of funny, but a different kind of humor. Yeah. And then they got kind of goofed up when they became a a kid's show because they couldn't show like someone stabbing somebody else in a kid's show. That would be right. Yeah. In fact, I'm kind of trying to remember even at how much they fought because they had bladed weapons and that was kind of a no, no in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. And they all have their, they all have different weapons. Yes. Leonardo has like the two katana swords. Donatello mm-hmm. has like a bow staff. Doesn't Mikey have like nunchucks? Mikey has nunchucks and uh, Raphael has sigh, the little, pointy yeah. daggers with the yeah spurs those were out. fun things to have my class make oh sigh i mean yeah. just all of the different weapons they they made yeah we had little like toilet paper roll nunchucks <laughs> oh my goodness well we were almost at the half hour mark so we should probably I should, i'm sorry i keep digressing into turtledom but um so this comic seems to have like a a, a somewhat I, it's not like the world's most complicated story but oh, I think no. it's just told in a very fun way. Yeah. And it does it, it does the heroes meeting and fighting thing in a way that doesn't completely make me mad. Oh, yeah. Like, it lasts, like, one scene, and uh-huh. it's almost like, even during the middle of the fight, you kind of know that no one's going to get, like, beat up completely mm-hmm. or anything with lasting consequences. It's almost like a sparring match. Yeah. Where Batman just kind of takes down all the turtles. Right. 
And the, the turtles even talk about that. Like, it's like he wasn't, he wasn't fighting like super aggressively. He wasn't going for killing blows. It was like he was studying us. And that's when we got into that. He's fighting like a detective. He fights like a detective. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'll ever get enough of that line. <laughs> he wears armor, but he goes around the shadows like some kind of dark knight. <laughs> They don't quite say that, but there's there's a lot of lines that are kind of like very like on the nose in that way. Mm-hmm. But I I like also that this does not try to really fit ter- too terribly into either Batman continuity, Turtles continuity, which I'm sure existed at the time because TMNT is an IDW comic by itself, mm-hmm. or the fact that there are just normally 52 universes that you can travel to in the DC universe. They just completely ignore that. Right, right. The whole um, you know. Oh, if they exist too long in our universe, the mutagen that made these tiny baby turtles and this this rat, like adult-sized sentient beings, (laughs) will just go away. Do you think James Tiny in the fourth was really mad when he read or when he watched Spider Verse? Yeah, they took his gimmick. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Like they weren't going to die; they just were going to be little animals again. Yeah. Lose their powers and you it's know ability to think. I mean, yeah. That, that Shredder at one point says that he was go- he's going to wait until the mutagen almost wears off before killing Shredder <laughs> or before killing Splinter. See, I'm still doing it. <laughs> child Chris, why? Oh. Uh, uh, child Chris, uh, we're, we edited that part out of the summary, but Child Chris really confused Shri- Splinter and Shredder. Not necessarily. Like, if you put them in front of me, I could tell you which one's which. But I would always. Yeah. Well, yeah, two names. two S's. Like, who does yeah. that? Who does that? Mm-mm. Kevin Eastman does. So you, you just have to call him Master Splinter. That's true, Master just Splinter. Keep the master there. Respect respect his title and his four turtley adult sons. <laughs> well, they're not adult sons; they are teenage sons. My bad. <laughs> it's in the name. It's in the name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like you can kind of like. It, like it has to be in the name, or you wouldn't remember that they're teenagers because they're like they're super, ripped. Yeah, they're super buff. <laughs> <laughs> they're like way more ripped in this, even than I feel like they were in in anything else I've ever seen. I mean, these so are was, like so is Batman too. So Splinter, like there's some poses in there that are very detailed. Yep, with all of their physique. Yeah, <laughs> Batman also has kind of like his most armory suit. Which, if I had to complain about, like, one thing, it's that I don't like when Batman wears, like, combat armor. Mm. I'm kind of more of, like, the the Batman in, in like, spandexy type outfits. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I, I'm like that. Um, I don't really like most superheroes wearing armor, though. Unless they're, like, Iron Man, where it's made of cool metal. But, like, the Flash... but when you're the dude without powers, wouldn't you wear armor? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it, though. Because he's, like... What, like 50? What? How old's Batman? He's old, right? No! (laughs) I thought that was a whole thing. Batman's old. No. No? No. (laughs) He's in his, like, 30s. Is he, though? Yes! I mean, in comic-y ways, but Batman never gets to 40 except in, like, alternate universes. Oh. I don't know why I felt like that was the case. uh, Christy, readers, Christy has not read The Dark Knight Returns, which w- would in fact give her this impression. Oh. The Dark Knight Returns is all about Batman in like 50s, in his 50s coming back and v- very much, uh, like Magneto in 
some recent maybe X-Men that's feels why like maybe man. you've talked enough about that about old that batman I, that i just have in my head that batman's just an old old dude he doesn't even look old in this he's got dark, he has less grays than me do we see his hair do we oh, see yeah. his face wait mm-hmm. no he has a little bit with alfred but he's mostly in just in costume he is a lot in his armor costume it's not know. even his cool like men in fi- their 50s can be buff yeah no i mean his hair he doesn't have any gray in it or anything some people don't gray I feel like you either gray or, or I, mean, I guess you, I, I, I almost was going to say, I feel like you either go gray or go bald, but that's maybe not even true. Yeah, no, it's not. I, I will go gray. I am already going gray. <laughs> Ditto. I will not go bald though. <laughs> well, sorry readers that I thought Batman was real old now. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Batman and the Teenage Mutant it, It's my head cannon. <laughs> You're like... Batman keeps Werther's originals in the Batcave. <laughs> oh, oh, the dinosaur. The dinosaur in the Batcave. Why does he have a, an robotic dinosaur in the Batcave? He keeps a bunch of trophies from like earlier crimes he's taken. And I can't... If, so, if Chris Sims listens to this episode, he's going he's gonna to not be happy with me. But I think it was a Riddler crime that he got the the t-rex from he also has a giant penny and that's from a, a two-faced crime so this is like batman's fortress of solitude uh some might say the fortress of solitude <laughs> is like superman's bat cave <laughs> but yeah it, i mean i i never realized the bat cave had trophies in it yeah you know though you've read not a ton of batman most no. of your batman exposure is i've from- read Batgirl. A lot of Batgirl. Yeah, and you're like, she hangs out in her apartment. <laughs> yeah, you, you've you read m- more Batgirl than individual Batman by, like, a lot. I think you've read, like, one issue of Batman. You just, you've read, mostly read Batman and crossovers, which, uh, it makes sense. We, uh, mm-hmm. readers, if you didn't know, we do a crossover podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't read a lot of DC titles, period. True. Even though we now have the app, it is a difficult to manage app. Yeah, that. Hmm. I was like, your mm-hmm. one obstacle in reading this. It was cool that it was on the app since it was from IDW, like right, must have yeah. Been a deal, but um, also, <laughs> you were having a lot of struggles. But um, also, there were a lot of pictures of Alfred telling me that we couldn't load that page. <laughs> that cartoon Alfred <laughs> is just here to tell you what you can't do. <laughs> uh, I love Alfred in this. I feel like uh, so j- they picked James Tiny in the fourth because he's written. A ton of detective comics. Uh-huh. He's finally going to be on the main Batman title coming up, like as we mm-hmm. are in October 2019, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the way he that that he uh, writes Alfred. I feel like it's a really good standard Alfred. Alfred admonishes Batman for pouring him too much of himself in his. Alfred heart. ready to take it to the the turtles. He's got like too. a shotgun. <laughs> he's gonna make. He's, he's like, I got a great recipe for turtle soup. Yeah. Alfred was Alfred ready to do some murders? <laughs> he was. I also love that Batman's like no guns, but then he looks at Alfred and he's like, "No, it's cool. You can have a gun." <laughs> but he's also like, "Hey, these are my pals now." Yep, we had a chat, and now I'm pals with these turtles. Batman is never phased by the concept of the turtles, but I mean, he is in a D- he is in the DC universe, but like not even close. He says something about. He, like at first he thinks they're metahumans when he finds out they're mutant turtles. Nope. You cannot phase the Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, as a kid, I think I always thought that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were teenagers who got turned into turtles. 
I don't think I realized it was the other way around until like adulthood. Yeah, I knew that. It's a, it's a lot happier this way than like <laughs> teenagers turning into turtles and being banished to the sewers. Yeah, the parents are just <laughs> looking for them. They have to take new names. I am no longer Josh. I will be Raphael. Uh, oh. I think this uh this episode so far has just been like Christie's amusing misconceptions. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Batman's old, turtles are people. Uh, oh readers, thanks for sticking with with us. <laughs> yeah. Um I I just I just loved this. I laughed a bunch reading this comic. Oh I Absolutely. It is still is kind of like goofy in a way that definitely knows it is and accepts the conceits of it. Like it is serious in some ways at some times, but otherwise it is like it, it knows exactly what it is. And I love when comics can do that. Like, don't be ashamed. Get and I, I I think there was a time where comics were more ashamed of that, and I think we're kind of coming out of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, do it. Be be real weird. <laughs> Comic movies are finally That's, like that. I mean, it's like if the Silver Age knew how goofy it was. Right. I would say and uh and put and like respected women, but there is like one woman in all three issues, so maybe that wasn't. Oh yeah. There's a scientist I... the Batman interviews at the beginning. When you think the turtles are bad, because we have to have a slight misconception in a in a very Christy like way that the turtles are maybe bad. See, it's interesting to me how, I don't know if it's the humor or just the style of storytelling, but a lot of times when I read a comic and there's an absence of women, like, that is just a a glaring thing to me. But, like, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess there wasn't. Yeah, I wonder if it's just, it is is so honed in on Batman and Turtles. Right. And it's it's like, like, this is a Batman and Turtles comic, and there happen to be some villains. So who would you even put in? I mean, they could have put in like Batgirl or April O'Neil, who's one of the the, the turtles' friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Poison Ivy or Catwoman. And yeah, who knows? They might still be coming. I mean, that that's true. We haven't read the last couple issues, so so maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some lady villains. Yeah, but yeah, this is very like the only villain we have is Shredder, and then we just have the turtles, Master Splinter, and Alfred. It is a very but tight cast. At least the one woman we've had isn't the victim. I mean, she kind of is. I mean, she was. Batman was interviewing after after they got broken into. Right. She's not like fridged though. No, like she's a smart lady of science giving them the rundown. Yep. <laughs> smart ladies of science giving giving people the rundown. <laughs> List of things I am not. <laughs> Christy, not. You're saying you're not a smart lady or just not a smart lady of science? The of science. Okay, okay. I was going to say, you're a very smart lady. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweetheart. This is where readers come here. It's just complimenting each other. Get a room. <laughs> We're just going to start kissing next to the mic. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mouth sound. <laughs> oh. I'm, of course, kidding. Yes. We would never. No. Never. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No eating, no drinking, no smooching. Rules, rules of our house. Readers, you have no idea the trouble that I give Chris. Like, if he brings a beverage in here and, like, gulps during a moment of quiet, and I'm like, I still have to listen to that before I edit it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's, not, she's never thrilled with me. 
So of all the turtles, who's your favorite turtle? Mm. I think Mikey's really fun. Mikey is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think they I think you have to have them all though. It's like Oh sure, I'm not saying which turtle can stand alone. I don't want a turtle solo series. I just no, want to know your fave be... turtle. Yeah. Yeah. But then I start thinking about, well, is my favorite turtle the turtle that I like most identify with and see myself in? Or is my favorite turtle just the one who gives me the most yucks or the one who adds the most dynamics to the group? Because if you didn't have mad Raphael, like you just have some goofy dudes together and Raphael gives you a lot to play off of. I think he has like that cynical sarcasm. That's a lot of fun, too. He does. I think Donatello is my favorite because he's he's the nerd one. He's the smart turtle of science. It's <laughs> <Smart. laughs> my uh, new periodical smart tur- turtles of science. Although Mikey made a chart. He made a... It was a, a Venn like diagram. It, with nothing in the middle. So it was two columns. <laughs> really. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the best Venn diagram. <laughs> Mikey wasn't very good at charts. Well, they're teenage, so they haven't completed high school. <laughs> Middle schoolers do Venn diagrams. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Leonardo doesn't get a lot in this, though. No. Like, for being the leader. Um, but I actually don't remember him getting a lot in the cartoon, either. So maybe that's just kind of the way it is. Is he just too vanilla? I don't know. Is this like sometimes in the Avengers you don't get enough cap? Oh, maybe. He, he is kind of like the most neutral personality of them. Like, he's he's not mm-hmm. super angry. He's not super goofy. Right. Yep. So you're like, you're Mr. Fantastic. No, Mr. Fantastic is a little too smart. Oh, that's true. He's Donatello. Yeah. Uh, I always feel like Sue Storm has the most neutral personality. Uh, Ah, Sue's Leo. Yeah, Sue is Leo. But but because because it was Marvel and the Silver Age is not the leader. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that means Raphael is Ben. For sure. Mm -hmm. And And Mikey is the Human Torch. Yeah. There we go. Fantastic (laughs) form. Can't wait till we have an FFTMNT crossover. One thing you will notice, Marvel never crosses over with these other properties. They just don't do it. Hmm. DC has had crossovers with TMNT. They do a few of these IDW crossovers. And then they like to do a lot of kind of intercompany crossovers. Like there's been a Warner Brothers crossover where there's like Batman meets Elmer Fudd. That happened very recently. Really? Yes. But they're all owned by Warner Brothers, so... That's like super simple. I cannot imagine how that dialogue plays out. Like, imagine if we got a Marvel crossover where it was like Spider Man meets Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. Like, when are we going to get like Captain Marvel in Star Wars? Love it. I would, I would read that if they had (laughs) Captain Marvel coming into like Star Wars and it just doesn't take place in any normal universe. I'd be like, absolutely. (laughs) Guardians in Star Wars, I'd do it. Some, I'm sure some fanboys would not be thrilled. Well, not everything's for them. Not everything's for you, fanboys. <laughs> some things are for me. Some things are for Christy. <laughs> okay, so who else would be interesting with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Like, if it wasn't going to be Batman, who who would you want to see? In DC? In, yeah, let's start in DC. Who would you want to see? Suicide Squad and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. But not like the gross like movie Suicide Squad that I don't like. They used to be... Uh, this is going to sound weird. They used to be kind of kindler and gentler. <laughs> <laughs> not like a ton, but it wasn't quite so like gritty. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Who else would be good? DC doesn't have the street level heroes that Marvel has per se. I yeah. feel like they rely heavily upon Batman for that sort of dynamic and Batman adjacent characters. What about Flash? I could see that. Green Arrow in TMNT would probably be pretty cool. Oh, mm-hmm. too much green on the page. It would be a lot of green. <laughs> Throw Green Lantern in for like one issue and just like <laughs> the colorist is just throwing shades of green. Uh, okay, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Marvel. You'd have to do Daredevil just because of the the clear inspirations. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think Spider Man would be fun, and that that's like that's like a slam dunk. Oh, that's almost too many yucks for one <laughs> one book. Too many yucks. <laughs> Maybe Leonardo would have to take more of a prominent role. Yeah, Leonardo would be the the straight character. I just really want Spider Man to sit down with Michelangelo and Raphael and tell one of them he's not taking things seriously enough, and the other that he's being too angry. And that they have a great power. <laughs> With that must also come great responsibility. <laughs> oh, must also come. Must also come. Not not with great power comes. Must also come. Mm-hmm. It's an important distinction, apparently. It is. And it's one that I can't unhear now. And I just am like, divorce yourself from this nails on the chalkboard thing. Because you didn't know that it was must also have for most of the years of your life. Oh, so when people say now with great power comes great responsibility, you like cringe at them. I want to be like, no, you're, I want to, um, actually them. I'm sorry. Uh, Stan Lee did not write those words. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually some dude at a comic book store. I'd love it. That would be a place I would maybe do it. I was at the comic book store and a young lady, I'm actually a dude at the comic book store and he was wrong. So good on her. Oh, I didn't know. So I couldn't correct him. All right. Um, Well, are we ready to get into some accolades after this fun crossover? Yeah, absolutely. Accolades. All right, Christy, in this crossover, what is the best line? Okay, my best line is from Mikey when they make it into the Batcave and he says, Okay, guys, if I'm dreaming, nobody is allowed to pinch me until I get to play with that dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey was really goofy. Uh, There was the bit where Killer Croc smashed up his video game. Oh, yeah. His ponies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what was it? Was it just... Pony racers. Pony racers. That's what it was. I, I wanted to say like pony little racers. pony, but I'm like, no, it's not that. <laughs> nope. Didn't cross over with that. I do you think IDW owns the license <laughs> to my little pony? Uh, my best line was from Batman, where he is analyzing um, the data that he receives after these break-ins. Uh-huh. And he says, I've gone over the injuries to all the survivors of the last four attacks. The bruising is consistent with general forms of ninjutsu. <laughs> <laughs> In case we needed to know that it was ninjas. Also, bruising that's consistent with ninjutsu. Not like there's like a ninja star sticking out of them, <laughs> like a shuriken. Uh, it is specifically the bruising pattern. I'm going to let you in on maybe a little secret, Christy. A lo- most punches probably leave the same bruising patterns. <laughs> it's your knuckles hitting somebody. <laughs> I was like, Batman can look at the bruise patterns and know that a ninja did it. Do they leave a little signature? <laughs> I was... Your ninja I was, <laughs> 
I was flabbergasted by that line. It was it was phenomenal. All right, Chris, who is your greatest hero in this comic? I'm going to give it to Mikey for just keeping things light. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can get behind that. You need you need that that spirit to lift you up. Yep. Um I gave my greatest hero to Master Splinter for calming the boys down in the middle of their fight. I mean, uh, he's just he's just a very dad. He's got that big dad energy. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And a really cool tail. I love his tail. So in this continuity, Master Splinter is an old ninja master who is a former enemy of Shredder's who is reincarnated into a rat who is then exposed to the mutagen. Oh, wow. That's why he had a Japanese name. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, wait, does he have this name because he just has, he was just a rat with like a full first and last Japanese name. So I looked it up and specifically in the IDW continuity, he is the reincarnation. So Master Splinter is or Shred? Master Splinter is. Shredder oh. is still, he. I thought Mr. or Master Splinter was just a, a rat that became. Sure. Yeah. But he has the spirit of this old ninja oh. master in him. Oh, I thought he was just a little rat that watched a ninja that was in that was in the movie this is a slightly different continuity that was wild there's a little like the little puppet rat who's uh, like i mimicked my master's poses from my cage and the master's doing this stuff he's just like uh when we saw that at alamo my friends and i were probably a few beers in and we had just burst into a fit of giggles because it's the greatest (laughs) <laughs> that was the continuity in the play that my kids did. <laughs> oh, that, that he learned it just from watching. Uh-huh. What he also and, learned it from watching before being exposed to the mutagen. Yes. So, so he, he was, was just a rat in his cage watching. <laughs> he must have been a sentient rat though before he turned into a large sentient rat. Or maybe that's just communicating that all rats are very intelligent. Maybe that's true. Rat, you can teach rats how to be ninjas. <laughs> All right, readers. <laughs> we want to meet your ninja rats. <laughs> Send us those videos. <laughs> uh, what's your coolest moment? My coolest moment has got to be in the third issue when we get the reveal of, like, we don't realize yet that the uh, Turtles and Batman are going to actually team up. Because we end on kind of a cliffhanger of, hey, they're in the Batcave. And then we get this reveal in issue three, where they bust all up into Shredder's fortress where he's at with Penguin. And we've got the full page spread. And uh, Leo's like, uh, he's got the the line of, but this here's a totally awesome team up with some fabulous lettering there. It's very good. I loved the lettering in this comic. It was just a pleasure to read. Mm hmm. I, I don't, I feel like we are terrible at describing how much we like lettering other than when it's big and bold, but I think even just the neutral lettering, I just, it was a good, it was some good reading lettering. And mm-hmm. I was, I was like, wow, really enjoy this. Gosh. And Batman's like thigh in this art is the size of the turtle's heads. Yeah. I, I, it's probably true. It's just like, look at that. Yeah. Batman's a beefy dude. He definitely is. He, he looks like he's made of like ropes. <laughs> His leg. It's just like so many muscles. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, what was your coolest moment, Chris? Mine was early on when we first see the break-in happen and then the lights go out and we see all the turtles' eyes 
with like the slight color. Uh, I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I never thought they were going to be bad. They're never bad, but it, it's it just like looked really neat as an intro. I also liked that almost immediately afterwards they were delivered pizza, so you knew they weren't the bad guys because they were like paying the pizza man. Where'd they get that money from? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Maybe they did some odd jobs. Mm-hmm. Maybe they found it in the sewer. People drop things all the time. That's true. In Gotham, not Manhattan, which is where they're from. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the in the turtles' case, the greenest city on the planet. Is that a is that a pun? Because they're green. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to tell you who my silly villainy. <laughs> tell me about your silly villain. I'm going to give it to Killer Croc for his plan to steal and rip parts off of the Batmobile to sell them for a lot of money. <laughs> I think to memorabilia people. It didn't specify who would buy the parts, but I feel like he seemed to imply that like he was going to get on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Batmobile tire. Bidding starts at 10 grand. I thought he meant like the weapon systems. We said he was going to peel off all the parts and I'm like, well, there's a lot of parts there. <laughs> Well, my Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy just kind of has to go to the dynamic between Shredder and and Penguin. Uh, Penguin has this line the first time we see him with Shredder uh, that he he tells him that he's colorful and that most Gotham types take a job or two before they get their aesthetic together. I see you're a man who knows what impression he wants to make. Like that's the kind of like we're all very dramatic here. stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. we're all basically if drama students became supervillains. But you really took to this quite quickly. <laughs> uh, and later on, Shredder has a moment where he, he says to Penguin, "Don't presume to command me, Birdman." <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> Poor Penguin. He is such a punk in this. He really is. Yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see what happens with uh, Raz Al Ghul. Yeah, I feel like that real, real cliffhangery spot to leave you at, readers. Yeah, so you'll have to tune in, and if you don't read this, and I'll—I mean, you might just read this. Yeah, I definitely recommend that you read this. Yeah, it's on Hoopla. If you don't have the 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 DC app, but it's mm-hmm. also on the DC app. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. Well, we probably have some stuff to talk about on the back end. Uh, we sure do. Uh, we have. If you haven't already seen it, it should be out by this point. The my first issue of Doc's Talks and Chris's has, should have been out last week, last Wednesday. So while I'm recording this, I have not even gotten to read Marauders yet. But Marauders, by the time you guys listen to this, should be out on Xavier Files. So take a look at that. Yeah, and uh, Rob, my writing partner, and I did X Men number one. It is up as we've re- or before we record this, so it'll definitely be there for you all to see. Join us and many others on the journey through the Hickman era of X-Men. <laughs> uh, one way or the other, we're going to cover every single issue of this era between probably a ton of people. <laughs> it is so ambitious, and Zach, I can't believe he's doing it all. Oh, I know. We started off pretty strong. He didn't really edit us very much. <laughs> I think oh. he added in the intro. You guys are a tough act to follow. I don't like being right after you. Ah, you'll do great. <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. 
Also, readers, I had mentioned on our last episode uh, about the audio drama that I was looking to produce. I'm starting to have writers submit pitches for that. Uh, so that's exciting stuff. So follow me on, on Twitter if you want more updates about that. Uh, it should hopefully be good stuff. It'll probably be in production for a while. So I'll keep chatting about it on occasion. Yeah, that's all I'm really working on. Um, other than this podcast that we mm-hmm. produce on a bi-weekly basis and all. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure when the episode of Exiled that we're on is coming out. It's sometime in November. Yeah. Uh, so you... Yeah, look for it, us on there. We're part of the show's right. uh, 12-episode finale. Mm-hmm. So that may or may not be out before our next episode after this one comes out. So we'll see. Yeah. We also have another guest spot lined up for, I believe, in December. And we'll tell you more about that as it gets closer. Yeah. Um, you can, as always, find us on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can email us at Earths at gmail.com. We absolutely love your five-star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. I don't know if you can rate people on Spotify, but if you can, please do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will... Read out those five-star iTunes reviews on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I would love some re- more reviews. We, I feel like, have enough listeners where if everybody gave us a review, we would probably be in the triple digits. We are still currently in the very low double digits. Yeah, yeah. I understand that iTunes is sometimes... Um, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Yeah, I, I'm even bad about rating podcasts because I have to remember my Apple login, which I never use. <laughs> um, but some of you guys are... Apple users, so there's really no excuse. <laughs> That's true. I need you to to just please do that. Consider it a Christmas present in the next couple yeah, months. Yeah, if you can't be a patron or, or donate to our Kofi, and That's like, the best way to do it. Yeah, those iTunes reviews. Yeah, or like telling your IRL friends. Yeah. Yeah. Actual people who value your opinion rather yeah. than just, you know, the millions of other people who might happen to see and value your opinion. Yeah. You speaking of Kofi, we have a Kofi, ko-fi.com mm-hmm. slash Chris is on Infinite Earths. That one I know for sure. because mm-hmm. uh, I made it way too long. And uh that you could donate to us in three dollar increments. We will also shout you out on the show if you donate to that. That's kind of for more of your one-time deals. Whereas Patreon is of course recurring payments. Uh mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, but we have lots of fun levels that you can donate at that gives you all sorts of stuff, including Adding an accolade permanently to the show that we have to do with every single episode. Uh, That's coming up soon for one of our patrons. It sure is. I'm very excited for it. You know what I'm also very excited for? When this episode comes out, like, it's nearly two months till my birthday. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's two months till till Christmas, but not everybody celebrates Christmas and everybody should celebrate (laughs) my birthday. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> non-religious, secular, celebrates the best person. <laughs> all right, readers. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.